Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Jacob Freer-Balco to talk about the song Asbury Park, a.k.a. Stone Pony, off of Venue Songs. Here we go. I, I got, I got kicked. I got kicked in the head backstage at the stone Stone Pony Stone Pony I got kicked in the head backstage at the Stone Pony Where I swore to the guy that the guy took his beer wasn't me Me got Me got kicked Me got kicked in the head backstage at the stone Stone Pony Stone Pony me got kicked in the head backstage at the Stone Pony Where I swore to the guy that the guy took his beer Was a guy dressed just like me Not me Not me Not me Jacob, hello Hello Hello, hello How are you doing? I'm doing great, I'm very happy to be here Very happy to have you Just got home just, Yeah. Did you, you said you took off work for this? I took like a half day, which was even weirder because our servers for everything we do went down. So it was perfect timing for me to skedaddle. Oh, yeah. All right. You guys have fun with that. Peace. <laughs> what do you do? I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be back. Uh, I am a quality control technician for an archiving company. We work with the Internet Archive. Okay. The way I got to talking to you is that uh, you do uh, a little thing with a, a similar acronym to mine. You do something called yes. This Might Be a Radio Show or oh, yes. Tim, Tim Bars. <laughs> T-M-B-A-R-S. Would, uh, S. Yes. Would, uh, would T-M-B-A-P be a Timbap? Timbap. In that case, Tim, Timbop. <laughs> Timbop. Tell tell us about this might be a radio show. So this might be a radio show started, I believe, in 2016 when I started going to Brookdale Community College. And the idea was I was just starting classes. I realized, hey, maybe there's clubs on the Lindcroft campus because I was going to a remote one at the time. I go ahead, see what's out there. I find a film club, which I which I loosely participated in. I was on and off on that. And the radio club, which I got as far as being president in. Mm. But my biggest thing and how I got connected to the advisors and a lot of the others, uh, my advisor is Tom Brennan from 90.5 The Night. He is a big fan of They Might Be Giants himself. So, but eventually I 
figure out the first show f- for the rest of the school day and then pop it out at like 6.30 p.m. on their radio station right there. And mm-hmm. I had the audience of my parents and my aunt and uncle. Yes. And they loved it <laughs> automatically. <laughs> uh, so this is this a broadcast radio station or just an online radio station? It was broadcasted over like digital radio at some point. Mm-hmm. But I always told people just go to BrookdaleStudentRadio.com when it was still with Brookdale. Mm-hmm. At some point during the COVID pandemic, when I could not actually do the show, I decided to suspend it. And I had no idea really where to go. But eventually I found a service called Mixcloud and I started uploading shows there. And that's where the creativity of the show really started to come in. Mm-hmm. This is actually the biggest the show has ever been because now we have multiple collaborators, multiple friends of mine who I've uh, I've gotten from college and elsewhere have contributed to the show in some way. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting for that reason. Nice. We have a lot of ideas. We have, oh, what's it? One of our ideas was a Halloween takeover, which is really <laughs> just me with a very deep voice taking over the station. <laughs> but it was but it was set up like everybody's fighting to gain back control. Like every character uh, in the show uh, that it is built up to. So it really like everything we started doing always built up to something and we always call back to one thing that the show has done. Okay. And everybody loves it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so does the show play exclusively They Might Be Giant songs? It does not because of many limits that I actually took on when I started the show. And some of them still exist on Mixcloud, really just like a personal policy. Okay. It is not exclusively TMBG because there was a limit of three songs per artist every four hours. So I really had to diversify, but there is a wide range of music. A lot of the music happens to be what they might be giants fans definitely enjoy. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed many in the communities to see what they want to hear because I've linked this to them. I've promoted this to them in many ways. And some of the, some of the choices are very surprising. Some of the choices are not. Some of them range from some of them range from really uh, different indies to some very to some more bizarre stuff, and some of it is straight nerd rock. Sometimes I've gotten Weird Al and Sparks on there sure. many times. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten uh, I've gotten a good few requests from Sparks at this point. Oh sure, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do? Uh, yeah. How often does the show air? Uh, so when I, so when I revived it, I wanted it to be every week and then it started to do, and then it started to be every two weeks. I'm trying to do every two weeks still, but this summer I had ended up doing a unofficial hiatus because when I started doing the show in Brookdale, I actually thought, oh, what am I going to do during the summer? And I decided I'm going to go on a hiatus so I can actually gather things and get more music and then start right back up. Mm -hmm. And 
the current hiatus is the longest is the longest we've had really because I've been involved in more stuff. I currently have a full time job and I currently moderate and communicate with a lot of others and I do some other projects, one of them being Mashmouth. Ethan, if you're listening, say hello to me <laughs> and uh, and Vanessa as well. Uh, Ethan so what is, is Mashmouth? Mashmouth is a podcast covering every single episode of MASH. That is 256 wow. episodes that they're covering. Mm. It's like the uh, they're both around my age. And so you really get to hear the perspective of what a young person thinks of MASH. Yeah, you guys are really young to be MASH fans. <laughs> that was even really, a little bit before my time. <laughs> it was... When I showed it to my dad, he's like, I wish I got to listen to this more. I love MASH so much. (laughs) (laughs) And as do I, he rubbed that off on me. Very cool. So has um, Timbars started back up again? Timbars has not started back up again just yet, but we are trying to get out one episode. The character uh, Drunk Joe is supposed to host, but (laughs) it's been a running gag by now. That Dr. Worm, my titular character, gets mm-hmm. his show infiltrated many times. <laughs> some will some will deliberately hijack the show. One other guy we had, uh, Ethan's character, Guy Rye, hijacks the show from his van. Oh, no. <laughs> of all places. How dare he? <laughs> he? And he started doing interviews with everybody and playing his own stuff, which was not far off from the actual Tim Bar's library. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys are having fun with it. Uh, yeah, you'll have to uh, let me know when that kicks back off again. I can uh, hit, send some retweets and, and that kind of stuff out to the TMBP community so they can check that out. Yeah, since I mentioned... I should actually get anybody who's willing to collaborate on there. I've gotten, I've gotten two guests from you on there. I've gotten Jen. I've gotten Dom. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. And now they are recurring characters. Jen is playing a Valley Girl host that got on exactly <laughs> one time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, awesome. But but most of the time, Jen and Dom are playing themselves. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, we need to back it on up to hear about your TMBG fandom story. How did you get into the Giants? So funny you mention whenever I, when I mentioned this podcast to somebody, they thought it was about New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know jack shit about football, so that would not be a good good, good podcast. <laughs> oh my god, me me neither. It was just, do you know how, do you know this specific quarterback? And I'm like, no, I was talking about they might be giants, the bands. Come on, man. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> you got to know your weird bands. And then, no, but my fandom story actually starts way back when, because my dad was into them. Yes. My dad, my dad was trying to find like new music because... He had heard, you only hear so much music, especially in the 90s, but he knows, a, but he knew a guy who I'm now connected with, Ken, that brought him to many concerts. So he ended up, 
finding things like they might be giants. He found Cracker is another unique one. He found Stone Temple Pilots, which got pretty big during the grunge era. But they might be giants, specifically connected with him and my mom. Yeah. And he and it was eventually passed on to me because yeah. he would play it in the car. He would play it in he would play it at home. I would specifically go through a good few songs and I got my uncle pretty sick of it, even though he <laughs> loves the group. What what were your uh do you have any recollection of the first thing you heard? Or is it just too you're too young to remember? I gotta say it was either Istanbul or Puppet Head. Seems seems like a reasonable guess. So what were your <laughs> what were your favorites as a kid that you were annoying your uncle with? I think specifically Istanbul drove my uncle crazy. <laughs> with him, me and my brother, both. And so you've been a Team BG fan ever since? Was there ever any wavering or have you been solid throughout your life as a fan? So so there was a bit of wavering for a short time. Gasp! Gasp indeed. <laughs> because I was not active in the actual online fandom at that point. It's that it's that it was always just known by my family. Like they were not super deep into it, but they have a few good connections. One being Marty Beller is a personal friend of my mom. What? So, For real? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> and and you didn't mention that first off of, of top of the show. <laughs> How do they know each other? I mean, I have to build up to it. Well, Mama's known Marty for a very long time. I'm not entirely sure how, but I believe it was a connection with a friend in Queens. Mm -hmm. So they, so that's how they got to know each other. It's always in these New York friends. She worked in New York City at the Princeton Review for a long time, and that's how she met many others, including Marty. Eventually, we found out, or rather, she found out, hey, Hey, Marty is in They Might Be Giants now. <laughs> I'm like, man, Jacob loves that band. <laughs> so have you met Marty? I have. Nice. He is he is the man. Yeah. <laughs> he, gives, he also gives the best hugs. <laughs> Gotten hugs from Marty Beller. Look at this guy yeah. over here. They went, yeah, I believe my first TMBG concert, which is almost 10 years ago, sheesh. It was at TLA. At the end of the show, Marty actually had just enough time for us all to catch up and go to Starbucks and show and show like, oh, the oh, this is how my kids are doing. There's a they they miss me whenever I go on tour, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot of the conversation because it was such a long time ago, but. I have that connection. Yeah. So yeah. they might be giants is particularly special to me for growing up with it. And for that reason. So how old were you when you went to your first show? I was 15, like right. a month away from turning 16. Yeah. Nice. And now I do not live far from TLA at all. What's what's uh, TLA stand that stands for something. I the Theater of the living arts, Philadelphia. Okay. Yes, there is Philadelphia, yeah. Which is another venue song. 
Philadelphia. How do you spell T L A? Yes. Not the one I picked, no. Okay. Yeah. So then why did you pick Asbury Park as your song choice for this episode? So I picked Asbury Park because I grew up in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, which is right next to it. So when I started growing up, I was actually there more frequently. Mm-hmm. Not at the Stone Pony per se, but definitely watching from the sidelines because the summer stage is so loud. They did not do it as a they did not play there as frequently. I think the first time they actually got to do it was when they were touring with Squeeze. Mm. Which I did go see and they were great. Yeah. But I had seen other acts like Joyce Manor there. They were a great punk show. Nice. Saves the Day was also great. I think Awake But Still in Bed opened for them both. Nice. And these were all at the Stone Pony? These were all at the Stone Pony. Yeah. Did so you get that kicked is... in the head at the Stone Pony? Thank God I did not. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been kicked <laughs> by some cool. crowd surfers before. I mean, not intentionally. But, uh, uh, oh, been there too. Gotta hate those, those not guys. A, <laughs> not a... Not a TMBG, though. It's a shocker. (laughs) But also not really a shocker. It's not a very... uh, It's not the kind of band where people get violent. (laughs) I don't know if I call crowd surfing violent, but it can lead to injury. That's that's for sure. I didn't say crowd surfing was violent. (laughs) I I just meant like the crowds in general. The moshing. (laughs) The moshing. They're moshing. I wonder if there's ever been a crowd surfer at a They Might Be Giants show. I, I would bet there's been at least a couple. I think the, I think the closest equivalent is the conga line. <laughs> you don't <laughs> think there's ever been a crowd surfer at a Team BG show? Not one that I have seen personally. Well, yeah. <laughs> Depend. Maybe at like Union Transfer, since that is a much bigger venue and they decided to play there this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the, the Stone Pony like as a venue? The Stone Pony is surprisingly, I talked to AC about this, The everybody's image of the Stone Pony is actually bigger than it is. Mm. It's actually a very small venue. It's just like this little shack. It's all white on the outside. The yard of the summer stage is a lot bigger than the inside itself. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very cozy in there. Hmm. Not a lot yes. of room to move. A very low ceiling. I'm trying to find a capacity. I couldn't find the... The capacity is super small, too, just compared to... Where does TMBG usually play in Brooklyn again? I went to a New Year's show a while back. I mean, they play at the, in Williamsburg a lot, the Williamsburg... Uh, yeah, I'm thinking hall. of Williamsburg. Yeah. Williamsburg ceilings are a lot taller than Stone Pony ceilings. Yeah. I was actually maybe... One or two feet away from the ceiling. Jeez. Man, it sounds claustrophobic. <laughs> it was claustrophobic to be in there, and I would not uh, recommend that as your first venue unless you can't really go anywhere else. So you're not a fan of the Stone Pony? No, I love the Stone Pony. Yeah, okay, all right. All, the, right. Uh, all, the sh- all the acts that actually play there make up for the claustrophobia. I gotcha, I gotcha. So apparently it's been around since 1974. They have a very lengthy history on their website. It's yes. uh, 
yeah, very lengthy. It sounds like there's been a couple times where it's changed hands, maybe closed and then reopened. Um, very meandering kind of story here. Um, but their claim to fame is that Bruce Springsteen has played there. So that's yes, something. The, yes, he actually got his start at the Stone Pony. So playing there actually means a ton to him. He does not still play there because his crowds would just completely swamp it. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Because he's gotten, because, yeah, he's gotten that big since. But he does regularly talk about the Stone Pony, and a lot of the themes of his songs relate to his time growing up in New Jersey as this working class kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I have a lot of Springsteen records, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyone who has any connection to New Jersey is, I think, required by law, I believe, to own a handful of Springsteen records. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Asbury Park, the song, I would say is... I was looking through all the uh, venue songs on the wiki to see uh, play count... What's been played live the most, and this, I believe, has been played more times than any other venue song. 100 times. And it's one of a handful of venue songs that has been played uh, not only outside the venue, but outside the state. I mean, Asbury Park <laughs> is a song has been played all the way in uh, London. It's, uh, yeah, it's been played on the West Coast. It's been played in the South been played all over the place. I mean, it has been played, obviously, at Stone Pony quite a few times. Um, but, uh, yeah, I find that kind of interesting. There, I did find a few other venue songs that had been played um, other than just them returning to the venue. But this one, it's, it's all over the place. Oh, my God. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because Asbury Park is so famous as the place that has the Stone Pony. Mm-hmm. That's one of its that's one of its symbols, along with its beach and its boardwalk. You got the big Paramount Theater. Some cases you'll see Tilly around. Yeah, so Stone Pony <laughs> is like right on the 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 coast there. It is not right on the coast, but it is super easy to get to from it. Mm-hmm. If nice. you go past all the boardwalk shops, you'll find it super easily. Mm-hmm. The only nice. The only venue I've been in Asbury Park that's smaller than that is the Yacht Club. And believe me, that is small. The Yacht Club. Really, because the name makes it sound like it'd be super fancy and, and, and luxurious. Not so? Asbury Park is not that fancy. Trust me. <laughs> Even the Yacht Clubs are, uh, you know, under par. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like sailboat size. So so why so why do you think this song is so popular? Why did you why did you pick this song other than uh pure location? Other than pure location, I think it is popular mostly for its rhythm. It mm. is super easy to get into so easily. Just you got to realize it is very repetitive so it mm-hmm. is easy to pick up on the lyrics i got <laughs> i got kicked i got kicked in the head backstage by the stone pone stone pony that's that's probably my favorite part the stone pone stone, stone pone. pony yeah <laughs> adding on the syllables 
there. Yeah, th- this is a swinging, jazzy number. Definitely a, a feature for Marty and uh, Danny. I mean, that bass part. I gotta say, over. it was made with them in mind because they're so musically advanced, like musically talented, mm-hmm. that they know so many styles. And they know, and but they also understand what the Johns will really want out of a song. So clearly they wanted something that is reminiscent of the stone pony. Personally, it's a personally, if I thought of it, it'd be more hard rock ish because a lot of hard rock groups play there Mm -hmm. when nobody else is nobody else. That's super interesting is playing there. It's a lot of hard rock groups, not really a swing swing club. It's not a swing club, but maybe that was a deliberate thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an ironic thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you swinging cats. Here's a, a song dedicated to you. But yeah, the end of the song, like Marty's fills at the end of the song are just incredible. And there is a little bit of guitar in there. This, this is a song where like, so like the wiki doesn't have a guitar or tab to it. Because I think it's pretty much like just you'd just be playing one chord over it. Really, it's, it's just like um, kind of stagnant chord yeah. with the bass just like dancing all around it. So like the the bass has the movement, but the guitar is just like... Is there is there a bass tab for it on the wiki? There is not. No one has attempted that. That would be pretty epic. That would, there, <laughs> that would be a feat. There is a drum tab. <laughs> see, see that is probably a bit easier to accomplish than the bass tab uh yeah and part of it just says hit the snare every time a word is sung <laughs> uh, see, but is... yeah it does have stuff with like the open and close hi-hat stuff i mean the, the the overall beat is that pretty you know uh textbook swing but where Marty really makes it shine is in, in the fills, for sure. But those snare stabs, like, along with the words, are pretty... Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, this has got to be a fun one to see live. It is fun to see live. Trust me when I say this, my... When when I went to see them playing along with Squeeze, my mm-hmm. that was the first time my dad heard it. And he was... He thought it was very funny but also yeah. super surprised that there is a swing song for stone pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like at the end of the drum tab, it just says do a lot of double stroke rolls around the drum set, hitting the crash symbol every time. Not me is sung. Not me. Yeah. yeah. Not me. Not me. You're not going to tab out those fills. They're too crazy. No, yeah. you kind of just have to hear it out or put your own yeah. twist on it. Mm hmm. Yeah, this song's all about feel. Um, I do <laughs> the uh, the lyrics. You gotta wonder. You think there's any truth behind these lyrics? <laughs> Did the Johns ever get in a tussle, taking maybe some guy's beer? Maybe it's not meant to be taken as literally. The guy, maybe the guy <laughs> is the stone pony himself. Oh, an actual pony, <laughs> an, an anthropomorphic pony. There is. <laughs> I believe there actually is some uh, like some uh, art 
or car- or like caricatures of the stone pony where it is like anthropomorphized into an actual <laughs> pony. It's just like this cool pony hangs around with uh, hangs around with Tilly <laughs> and drinks beer. Yeah, yeah. He drinks. I don't even know. I don't even know what that guy would drink. And I like how. So after after the kicking, I like how it <laughs> changes from I got kicked to me got kicked. Yes, me as got if kicked. It's like how you would talk after you were kicked in the head by either a person <laughs> or a, a pony. <laughs> I think it would. I think you'd have even a worse time if it were a pony. So maybe a human. <laughs> Was a guy dressed just like me. So it was some other guy that was dressed like their dads. That's the John say. <laughs> or dressed like or dressed like John himself. So are we talking, yeah, dressed like, you know, Linnell with his striped t shirts or Flans with his, you know, sport coat and plaid. Hmm. <laughs> Which one? No, were they wearing that because in two thousand four? Were they doing that in 04? I don't think Flans had gone to the sport code yeah. yet. You know. For yeah. Me. I was too young to uh see that as a show. Yeah. <laughs> Though I recall was there one just offhand, was there one phase where they couldn't bring certain uh oh what's it? They couldn't bring some of the members, so they just decided to have like finger puppets set up in place of them. Uh are you was, thinking of the avatars of they? No, but no, but I remember seeing that too. Hmm. I'm not sure uh, where. I'm not sure where my mom got that, but I'm gonna have to ask. I think she may have dreamed it. Mm. <laughs> Either that or her friend dreamed it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I would love to see someone try it. I'm going to throw that challenge out there for someone to tab the bass to this song. Because that would be incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or, or, or we could just ask Danny ourselves to, to do it. I'm wondering if... Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if he plays it the same way every time. I mean, we've, we're, we're going to hear a couple of live versions. Um, it may be something that's more improvised than anything. Yeah. I can't imagine him playing that bass the exact the exact way the exactly every time. Just or wanting be- to, or wanting to, because it's that complicated. Mm-hmm. And they might be giants. Shows are not meant to be like terribly technically complete. They're not meant to be the same every single time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of loose improvisation that happens, unlike some of the other groups that yeah. I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean Danny. It seems like from from what I've heard live, he does like to mix things up quite a bit. He he likes to keep himself uh, entertained, which is it's a big thing that the Johns do. Is they they don't like to stagnate in uh, you know these songs that they play a million times. They gotta mix it up, you know. There's like a million versions of Istanbul and of Particle Man. Now, this one, I mean, they've played it a hundred times, and it it hasn't varied out of its swing rhythm. But I would say that Marty and Danny probably, you know, just use it as an excuse to go a little bit nuts and do whatever, <laughs> whatever. 
So the very first time they played it um, was so the one that was recorded for venue songs that was on mm, July 29th, 2004. And that one is the, uh, so you've got the, the studio version on the record and then later down you've got the live version. Um, now they, they cut the end off pretty abruptly into the applause, but there is also a bootleg version of that same uh, performance where Flans uh, has a little uh, tag at the end that I find funny. I'm going to drop that in here. Me got, me got kicked. Me got kicked in the head backstage at the Stone 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 Pony. We'll do that better next time we're playing here. When I got the uh, initial email, I could read that in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, though, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that performance sounds pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think Flans plays. I mean, that's probably just Miller on guitar. So Flans has just got to do those vocals. But um, it is both John's together so i guess syncing it up could be one yeah. thing that could be difficult but they did it 99 more times so i'm sure they got much more uh you know confident about it <laughs> i am sure they uh, have a a very different grasp of the song now right <laughs> <laughs> and they have played it as recently as this august august 31st they played it at, it wasn't at the Stone Pony. It was at Asbury Lanes. Oh, uh, so what's yes. <laughs> yes, they did. I was not there for it, but I heard they were like, oh, this is about the place across the street. The place across the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did look them up on a map. Yeah, they're like just around the corner from, from each other. Uh, yeah. Asbury Lanes and the Stone Pony. Uh, so Ooh. let's play this version of it okay. from just in August. I got kicked in the head backstage at the store. Stone Pony. Stone Pony. I got kicked in the head backstage at the Stone Pony. When the fourth guy didn't get to the beer, was it me? Me got. Me got kicked. Me got kicked in the head backstage at the store. Stone Pony. Stone Pony. Just a couple more songs and we got to split. And I'd say even stronger, stronger and stronger as the uh, as the the hundredth performance of it. I think that's a pretty solid version. Would you, did you like it? 
Oh yeah, I liked it. Did we get little keyboards in that version? I think we did. I think yeah. they did when they were on summer stage too. Oh yeah. Linnell's got to get in on that. Wants to get in on that. So, so one thing I noticed as well is that in this in this performance, they are actually following the baseline in some way. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is in the original. It is more deadpan. The bass is like a little more quiet. Mm-hmm. It's more like a talk. It's more like like a talky, talking blues kind of thing. Right. But then. On this version, on the newest one, they are actually attempting to follow the bass and play along with it. <laughs> right, a little bit pitch pitch wise, a little more sung. I and is and, but now that they're doing that, I notice the uh, downward the downward uh, the downward notes, like downward melody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got kicked in the head backstage by the stone phone. Need yeah. So now instead of instead of just spoken, it's a little like speak singing, kind of havesies kind of thing. In blues, I I'm blues. It's called talking blues, but I don't know if it applies to other genres that much. Yeah, I've, you know, the song's a little. It's just, it's a little bluesy. I mean, jazz and blues are so you yeah. know. Linked historically. Yeah. You can have some talking jazz. Why not? My, my reference point for talking blues is Lou Reed specifically on Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he did that a lot on the yeah. album. Dylan did a lot in his early days too. My dad talking is also blues. a Dylan guy. So Oh yeah. That rubs off on me. Yeah. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> so um this song has no covers, disappointingly. We were talking before the episode that there there is a guy named Peter. Peter, the TMBG fan, has uploaded like five different versions of him drumming along to this song. Which, I mean, God bless him. He loves it. It's a fun one to drum along to. But like uh, so, so many different versions of this song, like different live versions and the studio version and everything else like he just like over the course of four years there's been just like every few months he'd upload a version of himself drumming along to it oh my god (laughs) which i find very endearing i mean he just he he loves drumming along to the song it's a fun one you know how could he not hey not a bad thing at all yeah and i mean he gets pretty close i watched some of them and uh yeah he's he's a good drummer if anything, if somebody masters drumming along to the song, I gotta, I gotta give hands to him because then we can get to playing bass along with the song, and then yeah, you know there is a guy named Steve that has done a lot of bass covers, playing along, but I, there was not one of this song that would be impressive. I wonder if he's ever gotten a request for that. He's got to yeah. have been by one specific They Might Be Giants fan. You. It'll be <laughs> me right after this episode. <laughs> a challenge. The gauntlet has been thrown. Let's see a bass play along somebody. Bass play along or a bass tab or something like that. Let's see uh, who's got those Danny skills. Who out there's got those Danny skills? 
I really wish there was a cover that, uh, you know, what if someone, what do you, do you think this song could work if, let's say you took the, the swing out of it and instead that crazy bass part was more like, uh, do you know, do you know Rancid at all? Yes, I do. Yeah. So Matt Freeman, the bass player for Rancid is incredible and it's always just moving around the fretboard like crazy on these punk songs. And I'm wondering if, you know, if you up the tempo, took the swing out of it, just took it to a straight punk beat, but kept that crazy bass line, do you think this song could work like that? Maybe it could, but I'm also thinking of how much that the cover of, that the Joyce Meyer cover of Video Killed the Radio Star works, in that there are so many chord changes that uh-huh. it would not work if it were any other genre. I have not heard that cover. Mm-hmm. It is Sounds well. It is a. It is like an old. It is like a new, more emo punk cover, mm-hmm. and if you compared the two, they hardly sound like each other. Okay. Because the chords are because the chords are completely different. Huh. But it works so well for this cover of the song. I'll have to check that out. So they took some big liberties with that one, and yet it worked out perfectly. Yeah, and I'm wondering if you could put even more guitar over this, if you could come up with a chord progression that would work over uh, that kind of bass line. It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. And uh, something that, uh, yeah, I wonder what, what, but what venue would Rancid make it about? I'm not sure. You know, the Gilman, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the Gilman. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe Union Transfer. Have, have you seen them? Have you seen Rancid Live? I have not seen Rancid live, but I feel like they would play at Union Transfer. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Now that I, now that I live, maybe maybe ten blocks from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this, I mean, the only thing we have left to do is to score this song. Mm. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we we've pretty much gone mm. over the song. It's a, it's a shorter episode. It's not that that big of a deal we don't have it, yeah. the, the covers we we need the covers people but um we've gone over the song pretty thoroughly i think we just have to score this song where would you mm. where would you put this on a score of uh, one to ten decimals being accepted decimals being accepted is yes. this in is this score in johns <laughs> how many johns out of ten or how many actually no how many ponies yeah how many ponies kicking ponies out of 10 i gotta say eight out of 10 ponies eight out of 10 ponies okay okay there's plenty of ponies it doesn't get too and it doesn't get too (laughs) intense (laughs) and you having been to the stone pony definitely have a stronger connection to this kind of song than i do um, it is a very fun song. I'd say it is one of the top venue songs, I would say. Um, but I think I'm going to go... I think... Let's do 6.8 for me. Yeah. You can tell where the uh, bias lies here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a Midwesterner. I don't know. I just gotta, you know I, I've never been to the Stone Pony, but it sounds like... I'm ever in the area. I should take a trip there. Would you recommend the Stone Pony to an out-of-towner? 
I would recommend the stone pony to an out of towner, especially if they're looking to see they might be giants. Yeah. Unless they're playing at Asbury Lane. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why it is that they didn't play there on this current. So, so having been to both, I actually went there for my twenty first. The uh, stone, the Asbury Lanes is actually mm-hmm. a bigger venue in comparison. There's much higher ceilings. There actually is more floor space. They even, they even uh, actually close out the bowling alleys if a crowd is particularly big. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, no, uh, was, can people bowl during a show? Uh, people, I think, can bowl during a show. <laughs> I've not, I've not yeah. been in a while, but we'll see if they do. I tried seeing Guided by Voices there. Eventually, I did, and I loved it. Nice. I've not seen them live, but uh, it sounds like it's it's a hoot with uh, them all being drunk off their ass the whole time. <laughs> a lot of jocks. Very noticed. <laughs> it's very known for that. Um, a lot of, lot of jocks, too. <laughs> oh, yeah? Really? A kind of a voices show? Yeah. Surprisingly enough, there's a lot of jocks. Huh. I don't like hearing that. Mm. <laughs> Maybe because uh, of the beer. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love getting drunk, seeing a drunk band. Uh, so, <laughs> so you were you were talking quite a bit about uh, this might be a radio show. So when that kicks back up again, you definitely got to let me know. Uh, tell me where uh, can they can people go to hear that, and can they go hear episodes that have already aired? Do they stay up? We can. You can go listen to episodes that have already aired. Every uh, every episode is archived at the current at the current website for this might be a radio show which is tmbars.neocities.org i am still trying to acquire a domain name for it i don't know that neocities is pretty catchy tmbars it's not geocities it's not geocities neocities yeah, NeoCities is more of a tribute to GeoCities in um, that it is it is free or very low cost hosting and you have to provide your own HTML. Ah. Uh, so it's you're really, you're yeah, you're you're a you're a uh, web savvy guy then. I know very in, little HTML. It, indeed, which I also inherited from my family. <laughs> nice. Anything else you want to tell people about? Honestly, uh, the next episode I am trying to get out in at least the in at least the next week, maybe Sunday the thirtieth for Joe's episode. We're calling it Joe's Choice. Joe's Choice. Yes, and we've got the uh, zoo episode, which is which is us covering the opening of a new zoo in the city. Oh wow! Is 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 that real? Is there really a new zoo opening in Philadelphia? No, it is. No, okay. A, it is a fictitious. This is a fictitious city in New Jersey. Gotcha. Okay. Specific, the uh, specific <laughs> location is based on Red Bank. <laughs> Do you want people to find you on social media? Social media. My Twitter is finite story. Which is another They Might Be Giants reference, of course. Mm-hmm. And I believe 
You should also you should also tell them about the great guys at Valiantly Off Balance VOB. They are they are a company by my friends Ethan and Vanessa, and they are the producers of this might be a radio show and Mashmouth, the Mash podcast. Ah, and okay. and uh, many other projects that are hopefully incoming, but I want to keep them under wraps for the sake of my friends. <laughs> okay, yes, there shall be a reveal later. Very soon. <laughs> Very okay. soon. Very nice. All right, Jacob, thank you so much for being on, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming This Might Be a Radio Show episodes. Uh, so keep us posted on that, and yeah, I guess that's it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Great being with you. Just like me.